Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, Revoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. TV radio seeks to inform and engage the bride of Christ to stand up and take your place in the army and the kingdom. We recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood, but with the principalities and the powers of the air. We are a ministry of prayer, and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe. We provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other, hold up each other's arms, and pray for one another. WATV Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army, so we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go, bride! Our soon-coming king awaits. This is a WATB disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are the Bride Ministries, We Are the Bride Radio, or We Are the Bride Television. Thank you. Welcome, my friends, to the Texas Power Hour with Pastor Carolyn Sism and Friends. This radio show is an outreach ministry of Eastgate Ministries in Katy, Texas. Experience the power. Experience the glory with Pastor Carolyn Sism. Staircase. I would say I would call her she, 
she was at the top of the staircase. And so I approached the staircase. It's like, well, I guess I'm supposed to, I'm trying to figure out what I'm supposed to be doing. It's, you know, I, I mean, I'm still thinking. But when I touched the staircase, I was immediately lifted into a cloud. And then I was dropped into the clouds and gently floating, floated into the hands of who I would describe as the Holy Spirit. Because I have seen Jesus. And this was like, uh, his image wasn't tangible, except as an airy cloud. And I don't have any other language to explain that to you, except there was a form. Um, so in this vision, I'm trying to get out like, what, I, what I've got to get out of this, I'm trying to inhale this presence into my being. And be alert to perceive what it is I'm supposed to receive or what it is I'm supposed to do. You know, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm working at it, which I wasn't supposed to be. But So I began to intercede for many of those of you in here who've been seeking the Lord for certain things in your life for years and I called out names. Just so happened I called out Chris Cohen's name and I will talk about that after a bit. He told me I could share what happened to him while I was interceding. And uh, then I began to repent because I was so awed by this awesome presence of anything I ever thought bad or ever thought about thinking bad. <laughs> or even things I did, you know, I began, of course, I repent every day uh, of my thinking, you know, and even my doing. And then I began to worship him. Um, and of course, as you would be, I was humbled, I wept, I was in joy, I was in awe, and I still like, is there something I'm supposed to be doing? Then the vision changed. And I saw the king seated on a throne. He was wearing a crown and a purple robe. And I was reminded that Pilate put a purple robe on Jesus when he mocked him. Standing before the king was a woman wearing a crown and a red royal robe trimmed in gold gray. The king extended to her his golden scepter. And this scripture was what came to me in the vision from Esther 5.3. It shall be given you the half of the kingdom. Then I heard, and I didn't see, what sounded like angels singing over and over two stanzas. I heard them singing over and over first, who shall wear the starry crown? Who shall wear the starry crown? And they sang that one stanza over and over. And then I heard, who shall wear the roving crown? And they began to sing that stanza over and over and over. And I'm just weeping. It seemed that the angelic voices were asking the question in song. As if perhaps, and I say perhaps because I don't have all the answers to this, they did not know who was going to be wearing the starry crown and who was going to be wearing the rose crown. The Bible says that only those who overcome will rule and reign with Jesus Christ. 
So what do I think about this? The woman, and this is the one I'm interpreting this, and God may give me more as time goes by, he does, would be the bride of Christ in royal apparel. The colors of the king's robe and the queen's robe are significant of the colors of a nation and position. The colors of a flag are significant of the colors of a nation. You may remember, because I was studying this last night, that Mordecai was dressed in blue and gold and white. And that's the color of Israel's flag. Those who will reign in Christ are clothed in royal garments from his presence. From his presence. So I'm in his presence. Starry Camp Crown would refer to the sun-clothed woman of Revelation 12. With the extension of the golden scepter, now for those of you who don't know, for our visitors, I was sitting right where Jean's sitting a couple of weeks, few, few weeks back, and I had already asked the Lord what was the name of our conference. He always names it. And I was sitting there. You want my... I keep it. Okay. Uh, I was sitting there, and I heard the scepter of the king. And I knew this was the name of our conference. Okay, so now back to my interpretation of what I think God is speaking to us in this vision. Um, with the extension of the golden scepter, King Jesus is extending the full authority of his name. And half his kingdom to his church. His bride. As we stand in his presence. As we stand in his she was standing. Queen the queen, I call her Queen Chaprown. She uh she was standing in his presence. Mm. The church has been blessed with beautiful revelations, prophecies. That certainly this church, if you come here, you've heard enough prophecies to live on the rest of your life. Amen. Because I bring in the prophets. That's why I, I do this. Um, but there has been a nominal amount of supernatural authority in the church for many years. Okay. I can prophesy to you. I can see it. I can, I can preach it. I can tell you what God wants you to do. But the authority to get it done seems to be missing. Okay? And I had brought this up to the Lord a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> we, that we need to get it done. It's great. Thank you, Lord, that we can see it. Thank you, Lord, that you give us these incredible revelations that you give us in your word and that you show us these wonderful things that are going on in the earth. Thank you, Lord. That's incredible. That's awesome. That's wonderful. But, Lord, the church needs to get it done. Amen. Amen. We can't get it done if we don't have the authority. That's right. Amen. 
Okay, so the stances of the song, and I'm still figuring out my three, refer to the bride, right? The, the crown and the royal robe, the queen. Number two, the sun-clothed woman, who will bring forth the man-child. Are we the bride or are we the son? Now, I'm not going to solve that for you today because people have argued about it for years. <laughs> but I'll just tell you what I think. We could be both. Yes. As the anointed ones, we are the son, but we haven't yet come into the authority of the son. Number two, the principle of brideship brings us to sonship. Our love for Jesus, our husband, and our first love will produce our birth, his image in us, which is what Christ wants in his church coming forth. Christ in us, the hope of glory. Okay, and when we are in him, we are in glory. Amen. God's purpose is that he wants to have a son in his image to perpetuate his seed, which is his divine nature and ministry in the earth and universe. While the righteousness of God is imparted to the bride as the gift of righteousness, it is implanted to the son. Jesus was covered with our sin, and we have been covered with his righteousness. The bride wears his robes. The red robe is the blood. We're covered in the red robe. We're covered in the red robe of his blood. Amen. When God looks down from heaven, he doesn't see your sin. He sees the blood. And inside that blood, he is perfecting you. So the bride wears his robes, assumes his name, which is Christian, his authority, which we've been lacking, takes upon her his ways and obtains his favor. The Bible, as I repeat, here that only the overcomers will rule and reign with Jesus Christ. When I repeat, it is for emphasis. <laughs> there are those in the body of Christ who are prejudiced, and we're seeing this played out on our television. It's horrible to watch. Separation. Sectarian, exclusive, holier than thou, bigoted, and many are on a spiritual ego trip with all of their titles. Huh. Yes. Announcing who they're out. Right. <laughs> if you are that who God made you to be, you don't have to tell anybody who you are. That's right. Come on. These can preach and teach the great Bible truths of sonship. Many of them can. But have not the spirit of the Son. That's the the revelation that we have of it. But if we have the spirit of the Son, he's going to extend to us his scepter to give us his authority. Now, we can say that we haven't come into it or maybe some have come into it or maybe in our generation. I don't know, but I just tell you what I saw in my vision. 
a man or woman who has been apprehended for the top of Mount Zion understands that the whole purpose of our maturity is that we can turn and minister that life and love to others. Yes. If you're not ministering the kingdom of God, righteousness, peace, and joy, you don't have anything to minister. Just sit down. <laughs> Just sit down. So as I consider the story of Esther, and I, that's where I went when I uh, Kirk went over at the house yesterday, and I was telling them this about my vision. Sometimes I need to say it out loud to someone. Yes. And um, I said, I don't know if God wants me to share it yet. And, but then I don't know if he doesn't want me to. But anyway, I saw it to my computer and I began to write. And so when I wrote the vision, then I began to unravel what I felt like God might be saying to us. So I considered the story of Esther again, and on Mother's Day I preached on the royal crown of Esther. And our, to our women was given the royal crown of Esther. Today, last Sunday, Father's Day, we gave our men the golden crown, and the crown that the Holy Spirit said, it was to crown you with wisdom and largeness of heart. And there was an impartation with it. But because we had a guest speaker, I didn't do this for our women, but today our women are going to receive this crown, the crown of wisdom and largeness of heart, and you men who weren't here last week will also receive this impartation. But, so like I said, so I went back to the story of Esther. First she was sought out. She was a sought out one, which the Holy Spirit seeks you out, just so you know you didn't get saved all by yourself. <laughs> because you were so cute or smart or good or whatever. The Holy Spirit sought you out and he went out for you. It was probably someone praying for you. He went after you. So Esther was one who was sought out to be one of the versions to be presented to the king that there would be a queen that was chosen. We know the story. And there was one year of preparation and purification before she came into his presence. Now, we know when we got saved, it was so wonderful, but we found out there were some things that we had to get purified once we got saved, right? And then after we received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we thought we had arrived, and my goodness, things got worse. <laughs> because he was still working all this stuff out of us. So there was a time of preparation and purification before she came into his presence. At that time, while she was being prepared, she lived in the house of the women, which is the royal harem. We are brought by the Holy Spirit into the presence of the Lord. See, the Holy Spirit, in my vision, it was the Holy Spirit. I was brought in by the Holy Spirit before the King. Yeah. I'm just not getting that while I'm talking to you. We enter the house of endurance and preparation. We might even say the house of patience. <laughs> Okay, while well God is preparing us, and our flesh kicks and screams and bucks and jumps, because we're ready. 
right? And then we're turned over to the hand of God for purification. Now, I think maybe you got it all at once. And when you got saved, you were immediately raptured into the presence of God. I can tell you that with me, it was a process. <laughs> and that process is still going on. Amen. Okay, back to Esther. When Esther was presented to the king in the seventh year of exertion, seventh is the number of completion, she was chosen to be queen. Okay, she was chosen. Many are called. She was called. But, and many are, but not that many are chosen. Many are called, but few are chosen. Okay, at this point, she was chosen to be queen. Xerxes the Great was a Persian king. He reigned over Persia from 485 to 464 BC. His kingdom was very rich and very extensive, and so this little orphan girl, suddenly she's rich and she's a queen. We can relate. Mm -hmm. Okay, 2.17. The king loved Esther, Esther above all the women, and she obtained grace and favor in his sight more than all the virgins, so that he set the royal crown upon her head and made her queen instead of Eshtah. Okay, there were three sets of apartments for women in the palace, and this is relevant to us as Christians. One set for the virgins who had not yet been sent far by the king. One set for the concubines, as they never went to the court of the concubines. One set for the queen and the other wives. Now, they're a little loud in there, but we don't make do. Okay, so after she was chosen as queen, I don't listen to me. It took another five years, Grace, after being crowned queen, that Esther received her authority as queen. Okay? Esther 5, 1 through 3. Now, I've taught Esther. I've got multiple messages on Esther, but this is the first time the Lord was showing me about this authority. It had to do with my vision. It came to pass on the third day, and that would have been the third day of Esther's fast, that Esther put on her royal apparel, who shall wear the robe and crown, and stood in the inner court of the king's house, opposite the king's house. And the king sat upon his royal throne in the royal house, opposite the gate of the house. That would be the gate of judgment. When the king saw Esther, the queen standing in the court, that she obtained favor in his sight, and the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. Did I see this in my vision? It sounds like the vision I saw, right? Yes. So Esther drew near and touched the top of the scepter. Then said the king to her, What do you want, Queen Esther? He called her by name and queen. What is your request? It shall be even given you to half of the kingdom. So when I had the vision and I heard this scripture, it shall be given unto you half of the kingdom. This is the authority of the queen. 
This is the authority of the bride of Christ. Royal apparel is the royal robe and the wardrobe of the believer. The gate of the house would be the gate of judgment. With the extension, and this I repeat, and I'll repeat there again for emphasis. With the extension of the golden scepter, King Jesus is extending the full authority of his name to his church, bride, as we stand in his presence. We live below our provision, church. Yes. And we come into it by grace. We come into this by grace. Now, I didn't think up when I was sitting there a few Sundays ago that the name of our conference would be the Scepter of the King. But we have to believe that the Lord is releasing an authority upon the church. I have to believe that. Up to half of his kingdom. But you're going to have to apprehend it. You're going to have to walk in it by faith. Just like everything else that God gives us, we have to apprehend it by faith. When you were saved, you received it by faith. When you received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, you received it by faith. Satan came to you the next day and told you that wasn't really telling. But you had to receive it by faith. Your whole life has been a walk of faith. Amen. Providing for your families, Amen. your jobs, your marriages, your relationships, your raising your children, yes. being a member of a church. All of this has been a walk of faith. Okay, so if we're going to apprehend this authority, could it be that we're going to have to do it by faith? Or is it just I, I like for just to bring it on. Just bring it on. Let it happen. I'm just asking you questions today about what this means. We're going to have to speak it and declare it. We're warriors. This is a warrior church. So we know how to wield that sword in warfare. Uh, this is a church of intercessors. We know how to get before the Lord and plead and ask the Lord to move upon a situation in intercession and praise God for every intercessor we've got. But if we are ruling and reigning with Him and we have been given half of His kingdom and He has given us the authority of His sector, we must begin to declare and proclaim. Hallelujah. Yes, Sandra Farley is healed. Carolyn Gettle's leg is healed. Now we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do it. We're gonna have to declare it. Okay, next to my Psalm forty five six. Your throne, O oh God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. The church is the instrument of the kingdom of God on earth. 
people keep saying they've not got to up a new church. Well, I can't read a Bible that says that he's changed the government of the church. These two got the same government. She is that vehicle, channel, and conduit for him who is coming forth. Now we're all the church. We assemble together in obedience to the Lord. For they forsake not the assembling together. Because in the corporate anointing, there is greater power in God than in our individually. Because of the gifts that are distributed in the body of Christ. All of the gifts that are just every gift is in operation in this church. Every single gift. And because of you and the operation of the gifts in you, I am stronger. And that's the reason why we're to love one another. Never be in competition with one another. Okay, back here to Europe. Could we say the church is his sector? Okay, I just asked that question. I'm asking God that question. The golden divine nature scepter, you know, it's all authority of the king. The power of the name of Jesus, the branch man, and um, the right of the man child, which is called the scepter in the New King James, the scepter of the man child. It's also a picture of the shepherd's staff that shall rule the nations. Church, you've been called to rule the nations. And a king, a kingly anointing will rule the nations. God has raised us up a president who is a deliverer. Amen. He's not only delivering this nation from deep state corruption that's gone on for years, and but he's delivering other nations. Yes. He has delivered, he is delivering North Korea after 70 years. Yes. 70 years of being in judgment. Yes. Uh, he, he's delivering Mexico, South America, Central America. That's right. They've all come to his doorstep. That's right. He's going to have to deliver these people. He might be running from that deliverance, but it won't matter. God's brought him to his doorstep. He's going to have to deliver those nations.
It shall continue on our earth throughout all the ages of time. Even when the kingdom shall be delivered up to God the Father, the throne of the Redeemer will continue. The scepter of his kingdom is the administration of his government exactly according to the eternal counsel and will of God. The church is the instrument of the administration of his government on earth. That's right. Authority. Mm -hmm. Authority. Authority. Psalm 45, 7 through 9. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness above your fellows. All your garments smell of myrrh and aloes and cassia out of the ivory palaces, whereby they have made you glad. King's daughters were among your honorable women, that on your right hand did stand the queen in the golden hope. The woman of Revelation 12.5 has a crown of 12 stars. She brought forth a man child who was to rule all nations with a scepter of iron. And her child was caught up into God and to his throne. Remember the angels were singing, who shall wear it? Crown. All through time, the sun-clothed woman has been the one who brought forth the anointing. Whether it was Mary bringing forth Jesus, coming out of Israel, whether it's the church bringing forth the man-child, or each time an anointing brought forth the sun-clothed woman is metaphorical of God's instrument that he used to birth his anointing. Teaching on that. We won't go there today. In Bible times, the whole purpose of becoming a wife was to produce a son. The purpose of God is seen through the scriptures as a man, a maid, and a man child. Simplified. Throughout Bible. Throughout the Bible, you've got a man, and I could I got a whole teaching I I brought forth on that, but I didn't want to get distracted today. A man that God chose. A bride that he chose for her, and a man child that he brought forth who would bring forth his next administration on the earth. That's right. Is that right? Yeah. I don't have time to preach that today. But y'all get that. I got model scholars here. In the Old Testament, God married Israel and produced a son, Jesus Christ. In the New Testament, God married the church, spiritual Israel, the bride of Christ. And it is producing a son, the corporate son, the man-child company. In the last days, the enemies of the Lord will know the power and authority which he has given his church, who have been sealed to the king's seal. Does my vision mean that it's here? I hope so. So the plan of God is revealed in three dimensions. And I'll take the first dimension first, which y'all are all familiar with these teachings, and I won't go into it. What is the outer court? That's where all born-again believers are, the remnant of his seed, the 30-fold, the feast of Passover, those who are baptized in water, all Israel, justification, and the gleanings. 
one is the holy place. For the bride, the sun-clothed woman, the sixty-fold. Feast of Pentecost, baptized in spirit, the priest, sanctification, and harvest. And then number three is the most holy place. The sons, the mature sons, the man-child, the hundredfold, Feast of Tabernacles, which is the glory of God. Baptized in fire, the high priest, and the Lord has called us on Tuesday morning to preach on the Melchizedek history, which is Jesus Christ. The glorification of the first fruits. So you see how we're fitting in. I just do what he tells me to do. I don't have a plan. I know people say you've got to have a plan. Well, I've got to just follow along with you. Mm-hmm. That's your plan. That's my plan is to follow Jesus. And we land. We land every time. Amen. We, we keep landing. So we are called to love Jesus Christ and praise and worship in his words and in the gifts that he has given us. When he gives us a gift of the apostle, prophet, pastor, evangelist, teacher, that's gifts from Jesus Christ. The gifts of the Holy Spirit are that, the gifts of the Holy Spirit which operate. So we worship him and honor him in his gifts. His nature, if we do this, his nature, seed, and image will be birthed in us, which is what he wants to come for. A church that reveals him, that reveals the majesty of Jesus in all the fullness of his glory. And we will bring forth his name into the earth, even Emmanuel, God with us. Haman is the type of the Antichrist. King Exorcist made him a great vizier or prime minister. All lesser officials were required to bow to him. Mordecai as a Benjamite refused to so honor a descendant of Agag, king of Amalek, Israel's bitter enemy. It is significant that the numerical value of the Hebrew letters which make up Haman's title. Haman the Wicked is 666. Mm-hmm. We need to know the Hebrew numbers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the numerical value of the Hebrew letters, I guess, in these days that are coming. And in the scripture, Daniel 7 8, is the description of the Antichrist's power. Second Thessalonians, his pride. I didn't pull these up last night to preach them because I don't want to get off too far from what God showed me in my vision. His hate, Second Thessalonians 2.8. We could compare his plot with Daniel 9 and his doom with Second Thessalonians 2.8. He is the son of perdition. Haman is a type of the spirit of Antichrist. And there are many Antichrists on the earth and we are seeing Antichrist move even now in the spirits of men. Okay. If Haman's plot had succeeded, the Jewish race would have been totally exterminated in Judea as well as in other countries. And the church of the living God would have been swept from the face of the earth. Now that's still his plan. It hasn't changed. That is our warfare. He still plans to sweep the church from the face of the earth. That's the plan. 
But God has another plan. Yes. And God's plan will work because he will bring forth those who will walk with him and obey him. This was a grand scheme to prevent Genesis 3.15 from coming to pass. And on that day, the king Xerxes gave the house of Haman, the Jews' enemy, unto Esther the queen. Oh, it's very wealthy, man. Wealthy, wealthy. He gave all the authority of Satan's house. Did you hear me? He gave all the authority of Satan's house to the queen, his bride. When he gave her the authority of the scepter, she told him what she wanted. She wanted him killed. And his son, and so as the story goes. But I want you to hear me. He gave her all authority over Satan's house. And we got churches running from devils. Scared to death of demons. Yes. Scared that some demons are going to get on them if they go do this or go do that. If you don't have authority over those demons, I had Gerald Johnson said it good when he was here. He said, he, they, on either side, they had men ready to kill him, a whole bunch of men ready to kill Jesus. He just walked right through them. That's what you ought to be doing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you just walk through whatever is coming against you. Amen. Just walk right on through it. Don't you get in there and get cowered down because some devil's trying to stop you. Amen. In later years, the king's successor, Artaxerxes, Showed favor to Ezra and Nehemiah. Uh, King Exorcist only lived uh, 12, 13, I forgot, short time, 12 or 13 years. But he didn't have a long reign. The latter probably gained his favorite position, that would be Nehemiah, as cupbearer, because of the influence of Esther. But she's still queen mother in the house. And he was allowed to rebuild the walls. Now Esther would be no Nehemiah. Now, Nehemiah would mean no Jerusalem. Now, Esther means no deliverance for the Jews at that time. Their standard extermination or the cutting off of the Holy Seed would have meant no Messiah and no Savior for mankind. No Savior would have meant no church and no New Testament. So who shall wear the robe? Who shall wear the rolling crown? The Bible's filled with stories of real people who had to make real and tough decisions in order to answer that heaven's call and push back darkness by advancing and apprehending the peace of God. I stand before you one who had to make real tough calls to answer the call of my life. It meant walking away from people that I love. But God restored. He restored everything I walked away from. For those who resisted me. <clears throat> we serve the same God today. If my vision means that he is releasing the authority of his kingdom to the church. 
let us apprehend that for which we have been apprehended. At these pivotal moments in the generations, heaven and earth are watching in awe at the workings of God through humble humanity that he's chosen to bring about divine destiny. Remember the angels were asking the question. They were singing the song that was asking the question. Who shall wear the robe and the crown? Heaven's watching. Who shall wear the starry crown? Heaven's watching. And so when I put this, just as I did before the Lord, which I always do, our Lord, show me the way. It's another stanza of the song. Lord, show me the way. Now, I was awed by this. And while I was having the vision, I received a... I, I, one of the things I did, and it's what I was praying, I said, Lord, give me something that, it, that I know this is you. I need something, Lord. And I said, I know this is you. I wasn't put down please, okay? But I'm like, this is so... I had to be sure that what wasn't coming out of me. Mm -hmm. But it wasn't because it wasn't there. Mm -hmm. And uh, Chris had texted me a message about a certain plight, and I'll call it a plight that he's going through, something he was going through. And then when... I, as the vision was over, I saw the text, and I just wrote back, um, I've been in the Spirit for two hours. I prayed for you. Um, I don't have a word. It was late at night. Chris called me. Chris said, Spirit of God moved on him. Mm. And he moved, pulled over to the parking lot and wept and repented for the Lord. As the Spirit of God moved on him. Amen. See, I asked God, yes. give, show me. And he had Chris call me. The Spirit of God was moving on him as I prayed for him. Amen. You could say that's a coincidence. No coincidence in the kingdom. So, as always, I give you the message, you judge it. But I put it out there on the internet, you judge it. Everything we preach, we gotta put it out there for them to judge it. And that's okay. But let us get before the Lord. I have crowns. Yeah, I just want to say that I did not. For some reason, I, I always read your notes, or I put them on my cell phone, I had no idea that you were going to be preaching, teaching on the preparation of the bride this morning when the Lord gave me that interpretation. Amen. I was wondering if you had read the no, notes. No, I did not read the notes. Thank you, Beth. That too is a confirmation. You got a song? It's okay. Everybody knows the, the song.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.